Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kurt and Blake's Comic Conundrums, another geek speak. I'm Blake. And I'm Kurt, and we're bringing you the latest in the geek news and the geek world and what's uh, kind of grabbed our fancy. Yeah, the geek world is always changing. We're here to help you keep up with it. So the first thing we're going to talk about this week is um, Star Wars canceled their Boba Fett movie, um, which is kind of a big deal. I mean, James Wan was supposed to direct it. This was one of their big stories. Boba Fett is a fan-favorite character, um, even though he, there's not really much known about him other than the stuff that they kind of threw in with the prequels. But um, what did you think, Kurt, you know, knowing that this car- this movie that everybody thought was going to happen just got scrapped? Well, I, you know, I think some of this was the result of the solo movie um, not doing as well as Disney had hoped. Um, and I think so Disney's kind of rethinking how they're going to move forward with the Lucasfilm movies. I mean, Star Wars is always going to be popular. And I think the main, I, we can't say trilogy anymore, the main line of films, the Skywalker, I guess, films, will, you know, they're going to continue to make all kinds of money for them. But I think maybe they thought that, hey, we should slow this down and not put so many offers out there. Um, I don't know that you need two Star Wars movies in a year along with three Avengers movies. And, I mean, it gets to the point where fans, there's there's so much that you're, you're kind of counting your dollars and picking and choosing what you're going to see. Yeah, and I think after the, I'm not going to say negative, but mixed results <laughs> of uh, Solo movie, I think they kind of were like, well, maybe do we need to tell a story about every character? Right, and, and Boba Fett... His popularity way out. I mean, the character was barely in the the original trilogy. Barely in the original trilogy. Um, he's a cool character. He looks cool. Um, but, you know, there's not a lot there. I mean, we in, in, the, in the prequels, we got his story when he was a little kid a little bit. Um, plus, Marvel's doing this Mandalorian TV show. So, you know, maybe how much Mandalorian stuff do we need? Yeah, now, in the novels that that are officially canon, wasn't after the Boba Fett died, wasn't his armor taken and someone was running around in it? That's my understanding, but I haven't read those novels, so I can't say for sure. But that that is in the official canon ones. I believe so. I believe so. And we... We don't know if it's Boba Fett or if it's just someone else. I think, you know, I'll take it back. I did read one of the Chuck Wendig books where someone is in his armor and it's not him. Mm. Um, so I assume he's still dead. Yeah, I've been, uh, I have the first two of the Chuck Wendig books. Um, it's on my required reading list for this podcast, but right now I'm working on the Witcher stuff. Yeah, and frankly, the Chuck Wendig books aren't that good. Um, I read them and, you know, it got to the point where it was almost a chore to get through them. I mean, I wanted to read them just so I got the story. Um, but there's some other books, uh, that are in the official canon now that I think are a lot better. Yeah. So I guess as of right now, all that Star Wars is slated is episode nine, right? And the Mandalorian TV show. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I... I think there are going to be more spin-offs. I just think that Disney Lucasfilm is slowing things down a bit. Yeah, I know a lot of people wanted a spin-off with the young girl from Solo. 
that was a popular character. The I cannot remember the name, but she was the leader of like the rebel group that was kind of fighting that Han Solo. Was oh fighting. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean that Han Solo, the movie Solo definitely sets us up for a sequel. Uh, whether we'll ever get one, I, I doubt. Well, and they are they're also doing a, another season of the animated show. Um, which I believe will be on their streaming service. Um, I've actually been watching the Star Wars Clone Wars animated series um, on Netflix, and it's not bad. I mean, it, if you take it as a show designed for 10, 11, 12-year-olds, it's a good show. Like, I mean, right. it, and it's an entertaining show. I've always heard good things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in other news of things getting canceled... Uh, Marvel, you know, we discussed Marvel canceling Iron Fist and Luke Cage uh, earlier this month, I believe, uh, after the release of Daredevil Season 3, Netflix brought down the cancellation hammer and has canceled Daredevil as well. Yeah, and that, that's a surprising one. I mean, they're going to cancel Daredevil, which is the flagship show of their Netflix's Marvel shows. I think after we get our second season of Punisher and our third season of Jessica Jones, we're probably done. And it's surprising. Netflix's contract with Marvel, my understanding is, is that any characters that they currently have, they can continue to make shows about. Um, so just because Marvel's getting their own streaming service does not automatically mean Netflix couldn't continue. But it seems as if they've made the decision that they're not going to continue with their Marvel franchises. And uh, hopefully it'll eventually revert to Marvel, and it won't be the last time we see these characters. I mean, I, I personally... Very much enjoyed Luke Cage, um, Daredevil, Punisher, and the first season of Jessica Jones. Yeah, I um, I have not gotten around to the latest season of Jessica Jones, latest season of Iron Fist, and latest season of Daredevil, and the first season of Punisher, just because you know there's just so much out there. Um, but I plan on watching them, although it does kind of make me not rush to watch the newest season of Daredevil, knowing that like. There's no continuation at the end if there's some big cliffhanger. I mean, I'm really disappointed because after Luke Cage Season 2, I wanted to see what was going to happen. I thought that was a really interesting twist to take where Luke was going to be this big gangster now. Yeah, I thought so as well. And um, watch the first season of Punisher when you get a chance. It's really good. Um but yeah, I agree with you. The, the timing on it is kind of bad, too. I mean, you just came out with this Daredevil third season. It's getting rave reviews, and then this bombshell kind of drops. And from what I've read, the the actors were surprised by this as well. They thought there was going to be a fourth season. Yeah, and I, I believe even the showrunners and stuff were pretty caught off guard. I remember when we were listening to Batman on Batman, the showrunner of Luke Cage was, I mean, he was, like, planning on out season three, and then it kind of just came down that, you know, oh, you're canceled. Um, I think Netflix is just working on more. They want to do more intellectual property that they own. Yeah, Netflix is, I forget how many movies I read that they were going to come out with this year, but they're definitely plowing a lot of money into original content. And that might have been the idea here, that, hey, we're going to... The Marvel stuff on the Disney Plus app is going to kind of dominate, and, and our versions might get lost in the mix, so we're just going to pull the plug now. I don't know, but 
were speculating there. Yeah, um, and I wanted to bring this up and kind of talk this out with you because I had this thought a couple days ago about does at a certain point Netflix essentially lose money? So I was thinking about this in a perspective of if you're investing all this money in original property, right, and, like, you're buying movies and you're buying shows and you're creating all this stuff, there's only so many subscriptions. What happens when everybody's got a Netflix account? Like, and you're still throwing money away towards these movies. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. And, of course, Netflix doesn't release um, how many times these shows are streamed. But from what I've read, the numbers were down on these Marvel shows. They're, they're, people aren't as excited about it as they were originally. And, you know, that's understandable. I mean, there's so much content and stuff out there now, superhero content. Um, yeah, maybe maybe it just what they didn't think it was worthwhile. They didn't think it was bringing in new subscribers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I. On the other hand, excuse me. On the other hand, you got to keep your subscribers, and they're they're gonna, they're facing a lot of competition coming up. So so uh, you know the equation I guess is, it's not only is it bringing in new subscribers, but will we lose subscribers if we stop doing these shows? Apparently Netflix thinks the answer is no, or at least that they won't lose many. Yeah, I know that they're, you know, I actually heard a bunch of people talk about they were going to drop their Netflix subscription because uh, it wasn't 100% sure Netflix was going to keep friends on the app, the, their streaming service, um, and they would switch to one that had it, you know, because it was a show they really liked watching. So, yeah, it's a tricky business for them. Yeah, and I would imagine a show like Friends has got to cost a lot of money to get the, the rights to it. I mean, I'm not a fan of Friends. I never watched it, but I know it's wildly popular. People love Friends. You know, people love that show. So, uh, you know, they probably, I, I had read that Netflix was in negotiations and whether or not, there was some question whether or not they were going to keep it. And I, I my understanding is, is that they were going to keep it for one more year. <clears throat> um, while Netflix is off canceling shows, Disney released the name of their new streaming service, and their stock prices just skyrocketed, right? I mean, yes, Disney's going to be owning this country at some point. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, they with the merger with the Fox stuff, I know that they were, the FCC, the federal government had required them to drop some of that. And my understanding is that they're running into problems in other countries right now where people are saying, hey, you're getting too big. Um, I thought the latest thing I had read was there was some issues in Mexico or something like that with the merger. Of course, we always think of these things in terms of the United States, but um, I'm sure other countries have antitrust laws and that type of thing as well. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's how big can, is Disney going to be, and at what point are they just dominating the market and able to set prices and labor costs and everything else? I mean, they they got to be getting close. They... <clears throat> You know, they're announcing with this new streaming service, there's going to be a bunch of Marvel content. They're talking about doing a Loki show, a Black, or um, a Falcon and Winter Soldier show, a uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision show. Yep. Like, they're going to do all these spinoffs. Um, I mean, they own a ton of content from the Fox deal. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, it is, and... 
I'll be honest, I'm going to subscribe to it. There's going to be a bunch of stuff on there I want to see, mainly the Marvel and Lucasfilm stuff. Um, and, and I know this isn't something that we've really talked about or we're planning on talking about, but I'm really wondering when the heck I'm going to get a, a new Indiana Jones movie, right? That was part of the Lucasfilm deal as well. And I imagine when that comes out, it'll, if it's a decent movie, it'll be a hit for Disney. Now, I've always heard rumors that part of the deal with um, Harrison Ford coming back was that they promised him one more. Oh. That was always a rumor I heard was that he was going to be Han Solo if he could get one more Harrison or uh, one more Indiana Jones out of it. Uh, they haven't done anything since Crystal Skull, correct? Correct. Which they, they were all set to kind of reboot with Shia LaBeouf as the lead, but it blew up in their face. Um, although, like, what story would you tell with Indiana Jones now? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, The Crystal Skull, I didn't think it was a good movie. I don't blame Shia LaBeouf. I, I like him as an actor. I don't know what happened to him. Um, but uh, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what the... The, the big archaeological thing is that they go for now. But I'm sure there's stuff out there, legends about certain things. They find Atlantis, and then there's Jason Momoa hanging out. There you go. Atlantis would be, I think, Atlantis would be something that they could consider. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there are things out there to do. Whether or not Harrison Ford can do it, that's a question. I mean, one thing I did respect about the Crystal Skull movie was that they didn't try to hide his age. You know, they made him an older Indiana Jones um, instead of trying to use the the youthifying technology that's out there now. Now, maybe it wasn't out there then, but I, I kind of respected that they made an Indiana Jones movie where Indiana Jones was an older guy. Yeah, I think the idea behind that one was that he was going to pass the torch. Like, yeah, I think what they would love to do is have Harrison Ford come back for one more and then get a young actor, maybe an Army Hammer, a Tom Hardy, uh, I know Chris Pratt. They joke about he was auditioning for Nia Jones in the new Jurassic World movie. But, like, where they can have Harrison Ford be there for the old fans and then kind of do this transition where you see the new actor as Nia Jones. Yeah, and I think that was what they were trying in the Crystal Skull. For whatever reason, it didn't work. Um it does say here, I just looked this up on the internet, that uh, Mexico and Brazil are where the merger of the Fox-Disney thing is running some issues, but they think they'll eventually be cleared up. But yeah, back to the Indiana Jones uh, thing. Yeah, I mean, definitely they're going to have to pass the torch. I mean, Indiana Jones, you might have to come up with a new name, but it can be like the 007 movies, right? I mean, it can be a franchise that that lasts and, and goes on with different actors, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you maybe just, and maybe you just restart again. Or, well, if you just did Indiana Jones, but it's a different actor. Right, yeah, you could use just a different actor. I love those movies, you know, at least the first three I, I really liked. And I like the idea that they're set back in time. Um, one thing I did find interesting is, is kind of the connection the Marvel Universe mm -hmm. in, in the uh, the first Avenger, Captain America, the first Avenger, where the Red Skull makes the comment about the fear digging for trinkets in the desert. I mean, to me, that's clear reference to the Indiana Jones and the Raiders of Lost Ark. Yep, they knew they were going to purchase uh, Lucasfilms way back then. Right. <laughs>
Um, well, speaking of Marvel, the big thing that happened this month, um, it was delayed due to the, the passing of George H.W. Bush, but Avengers 4 trailer, Avengers Endgame, was released. It's about two minutes, um, and it is awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm wondering... I made a comment to you about the helmet that Tony starts recording on. I thought his suit was the nanotechnology thing. I didn't know that he actually had a hard helmet like that. But for whatever reason, he's got some kind of a helmet. He's making a recording. He seems to be trapped in space somewhere. Um, but overall, the, the trailer, it was a good trailer. It was a nice teaser, and it didn't really give away much. Mm -hmm. You see where everyone's at. You know, you see Tony's lost in space. You see Captain America and Black Widow trying to figure out what to do. Thor's kind of looking lost after, you know, not stopping Thanos. And then my favorite part is you see Jeremy Renner in his Ronin costume, and you're like, oh, so that's where Hawkeye was. Right. Um, we were and, missing him in the last movie. And then the ending, you know, if you haven't seen the trailer already, why are you even listening to us? Um <laughs> the ending where Ant-Man appears, but you don't know how he got there. I think that's the most interesting part. Um, we know that there are other characters in that movie, Captain Marvel being one of the big ones, right? that they don't show yet, which I think is a solid move, because you do her movie, you see the teaser at the end of that one, and then you can release a full trailer where like you see how they all meet up. Yeah, and I one thing I noticed with the Ant-Man thing is he's in the van, and so I think that the quantum highway or whatever that thing's called is probably in the back of that van mm -hmm. and we've heard a lot of rumors that the quantum realm is going to have a lot to do with um, how the, the, this movie is resolved um, so that might be a little bit of a clue as well um, I was reading something recently where people are speculating that Hella is going to be back in this movie as well which I hope that they clean up the Thanos thing a little bit and I think Hell would give them the opportunity to maybe go with the original. I mean, Thanos' history for 30 years was that he was trying to impress Mistress Death. Um, maybe Hella could fill that role in this movie, and you could kind of clean up the massive logic problem that you have with him killing half of all at the end of the last movie. Yeah, I mean, April, it's coming. I I can't wait. So that means, what, Captain Marvel's February? I think so. So, I mean, next year will be a big year for Marvel. They have Captain Marvel, uh, Avengers 4, Endgame, and then the Spider-Man film. Yeah, I'm looking, uh, I'm looking forward to that. It looks like Avengers Endgame in the USA is slated for April 26th. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home. July 5th, and Captain Marvel, March 8th. Wow, that's really cool. I mean, that's something we can talk about in other podcasts. Is, I mean, Marvel, really Disney as a whole, just has all these films, and they have to like slot them kind of almost on top of each other. Um, yeah, it's interesting, you know, because we were just talking about what they saw as maybe the Star Wars problem. Um, and they really, they dialed back on that. Boy, it doesn't look like they've dialed back on the superhero movies, the Marvel movies that much. No. I mean, we'll even think about this year. Um, we, I've been compiling stuff for an end-of-year breakdown from us, and, like, 
you had Black Panther, you had Avengers Infinity War, you had Ant-Man and Wasp. I mean, and that was all within a three month, a five month span. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's if I think about when I saw Black Panther, it's hard for me to believe that it came out this year mm-hmm. because there's been so much stuff since then. You know? And that's not counting Sony's Venom movie on top of all that too. Yeah, which was a surprising blockbuster. Now, when did Deadpool 2 come out? That was this year as well. Yep. Um, what do you think about the Christmasizing that they're doing in these movies? Well, the Deadpool 2 is a special case because, I mean, essentially they're re-releasing it as a PG-13 movie. Right. Um, which I think is an odd decision. No, like, Can you think of a rated R movie that they were like, let's tone it down for the kids? Yeah, that is odd. I mean, and while Deadpool, I think, is does have mature content, I don't think it would be super inappropriate to show to a, the original version to a 15-year-old. No, I never really thought that it was. I, I thought the R rating was more... For the violence. violence. Yeah, I mean, Deadpool, spoiler, gets ripped in half by the Juggernaut. You know, things like that. Um, I didn't see it as... Not that there aren't racier elements, but I didn't see. I agree with you. I didn't see it as too racy for a fifteen-year-old or something like that. Well, that's kind of it for the news this week. Unless you have any final thoughts. No. Nope. Let's jump into the topic of the week. This is one we've been sitting on because of the death of Stanley and everything. When we just rewatched it, uh, we watched Venom. Right. Yeah. Which is a is a kind of. At least surprising to me that it's been as, as big of a hit as it was. It, it was kind of ravaged by the critics, but I looked today and it made it's made eight hundred fifty-two million dollars worldwide. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a crazy amount of money. Considering we also looked up, uh, Tom Hardy only got paid seven million dollars for it. Right. Right. Although I wish I could only get paid seven million, but. On the other hand, I don't have Tom Hardy's good looks or skills, so... I mean, Tom Tom Hardy is the best part of this film. He is. He's excellent in that role. And you made a comment that it looked like he was having fun. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I agree with you. It looked to me like he very much embraced the role and was having a good time with it. So, for those <clears throat> of you who haven't seen Venom yet, essentially there's this company called the Light Company. Like, Light, Light Foundation. Yeah. And this billionaire dude sent out this spaceship, and they come back with these alien symbiotes. And for some weird reason, he immediately begins to start testing these things, like feeding people to these aliens. Um, Tom Hardy plays Eddie Brock, a journalist, who realizes this guy's doing something shady, screws over his fiance, loses his job, and then eventually breaks into the Life Institute, or Foundation, where he bonds with a symbiote called Venom. You can't see me rolling my eyes at that. And then a couple fight scenes later, uh, the owner of the Life Foundation, he gets his hands on a symbiote, and he's going to go bring more symbiotes, and then Eddie Brock stops him, and that's about it. It's yeah. not a complicated movie. It's not complicated. I mean, they the movie tried to do some... So Eddie Brock is a... I don't know if reporter's the right word. It looks like he was a reporter at this point in time. He's the host of a TV magazine. But he's an investigative journalist. Yes. And, <coughs> excuse me, I'm coming off the flu, folks. Um, but uh, 
So his girlfriend at the time, fiance actually, works for the Life as an attorney for the Life Foundation. And he, while she's sleeping one night, he breaks into her email and sees some confidential documents. And he's got an interview set up with the owner of the Life Foundation. His boss tells him to do a kind of a powder puff piece. And he certainly should not have, and his girlfriend did not know that he had broken into her confidential email. And he makes all kinds of accusations against this guy. And, and the guy basically ruins his life professionally, fires his girlfriend or the law firm that fired the girlfriend. And Tom Hardy's life goes into a crapper. And I would like to point out that this is the first 40 minutes of this <laughs> hour and 52 minute movie. 40 minutes of Tom, I mean, which Tom Hardy is great because he's a great actor, but for a movie called Venom, you would think Venom would show up a little quicker. Yeah, and this movie also stars Michelle Williams, and at the very end, there's a teaser with Woody Harrelson, and you and I were talking about how did they get these big-name actors in this property, especially if, if they're, I don't want to say only $7 million, that's a lot of money, but for an actor in a blockbuster franchise, that is not a lot. Especially someone of Tom Hardy's caliber. Well, even like Riz Ahmed, and I'm apologizing if I um, mess it up, the gentleman who plays Carlton Drake, I mean, Jenny Slate, like those are big name people. Like, he was big on an HBO show. She's really a big actress. Like, yeah, and, and then her, Michelle Williams, his ex girl, Tom, the, the ex fiance. Her boyfriend is all, I mean, he's not a superstar, but he's a, he's a known actor. He was on Beep on HBO. And I mean, we're watching this movie and, and even one of the homeless people um, that uh, the, the owner of the Life Foundation is feeding to the symbiotes is, is an actress that we recognized. So, but the owner of the Life Foundation, he ruins Tom Hardy's life, but Tom Hardy ended up being right about this guy. He's got the symbiotes. And he's bringing in homeless people and telling them that he's going to help them by doing these tests. And he's basically feeding these homeless people to the symbiotes. But for some reason, one of the symbiotes named Venom for some, did not, instead of eating Eddie Brock and killing Eddie Brock, for some reason Eddie Brock can, can merge with the symbiote. And then the owner of the Life Foundation, he ends up merging with another one of the symbiotes named Riot, and you can't see my eye roll either on that. But So for some reason, these symbiotes kill everyone except for these two people. It's never explained why, um, and chaos ensues. Yeah, I mean, so let's... We were talking about how Tom Hardy is much part of this movie. The way that they play him interacting with the symbiote, which is in his head... It's almost for laughs. Like, it's this, they try to make it these really weird comedic scenes where, like, he gets in a lobster tank and he's, like, putting his hands up and the symbiote's putting his hands down. And he's like, no, up. Like, you know, it's played for laughs. And then there's, like, weird scenes where, like, the symbiote Venom, like, bites people's heads off. And it's kind of just like, oh, he did that, I guess. Yeah, it's a hodgepodge. I mean, I'll be honest. Um, I don't think this was a great movie or even a good movie. Um, but the comedic moments where he's talking to Venom in his head, most of that works for me. But I think one of the problems with the movie is, is kind of what you said. You have these comedic, comedic moments, but then you have symbiotes biting people's heads off and eating them. And then, uh, then 
So you have like a body horror movie, you have a comedy, and then they try to have this love triangle between Tom Hardy, his ex-fiance, and her new boyfriend. And I, I very much felt like the movie threw everything and the kitchen sink in there to, to try to get something to stick. Yeah, and it, there's this weird turn at the end where Venom's like, I like Earth for no reason. Just all of a sudden, he wants to defend the planet when he was sent there to find people to eat. Like, Right, so the symbiotes want to take over the Earth, um, but they don't have any way to get there. So at the end, the owner of the Life Foundation is going to take this rocket and go get the symbiotes and bring them back. But then, yeah, Venom, one of the symbiotes, just suddenly decides he likes her. Yeah. We don't really get any explanation. The closest thing we get is the symbiote said he was kind of a loser on his planet, so maybe he, that's why he likes Earth. I don't know. So then, I mean, it's an okay film, but then that end credit scene where uh, Tom Hardy has decided he's going to become a print journalist and his first big thing is going to be he's going to interview this serial killer, is it Cletus? Cletus Cassidy. Cletus Cassidy, played by Woody Harrelson in the 30 seconds you see him. And if you're familiar with the comics, Cletus Cassidy is Carnage, another symbiote character. And he makes the worst line of, like, whoever wrote that line should not be allowed near a script again. <laughs> he, they literally have Woody Harrelson say, when I get out of here, it's going to be Carnage. Yeah, yeah. It, it just kind of fell flat, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it... it ugh. So, you know, to get into the comic book history of these characters, which the movie used some of, it did not use all of, Venom, and one of the reasons I think that the movie didn't work was because Venom in the comic book is very much a Spider-Man villain. Um, the movie didn't touch on that at all. But what happened was, in the mid-80s, Marvel did really one of the first huge crossover events called Secret Wars, where all the superheroes and supervillains, not all of them, but many of them were transferred to a planet where they fight. And Spider-Man's costume ended up getting all ripped up, and of course there's no extra Spider-Man costumes on the planet. So he gets this new costume. He thought he was at a costume-making machine, but it ended up that it wasn't a new costume. It was this alien symbiote. So he gets back home, and he has some adventures, and he has this new costume, the black-and-white Spider-Man costume. Eventually, he finds out that the symbiote is trying to merge with him permanently. So he gets rid of the symbiote. Um, he uses a big church bell because the symbiote is sensitive to sound. When the symbiote leaves his body, it, it becomes very angry and hates Spider-Man for rejecting it. And at the same time, the symbiote finds this reporter named Eddie Brock who hates Peter Parker because Peter Parker exposed him as, as a shady reporter. And so Venom hates and wants to kill Spider-Man, but Venom also has this weird nobility where he wants to protect all the other innocent people. So he wants to kill Spider-Man, but everyone else is innocent so they can be protected. Um, anyway, Venom eventually gets caught. He goes to prison. He shares a prison cell with a, a serial killer named Cletus Cassidy, and the symbiote gives birth or something, and that thing merges with Cletus Cassidy. So then you have another symbiote named Carnage, who does not have this strange sense of honor. He wants to kill Spider-Man and anyone else that he sees. And so Spider-Man and Venom have to team up to take down Carnage. So, Well, and even now in the comics, um, Venom has become kind of an anti-hero with what they've been doing with him lately. There's been this Agent Venom run. Um, 
honestly, in the comics, there's like six or seven different symbiotes at this point. And not only that, Venom has been on almost every hero in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Uh, they the, just did a, a Spider, uh, excuse me, X-Men Blue run where all the X-Men get symbiotes. And they're with Venom. Yeah. So he has become, because of it, he gained popularity recently and, um, you know, they use him a lot in the comics. I just think this movie is check your brain at the door and it's fine. It doesn't make a lot of sense if you're a comic book fan. But apparently people loved it, and I think they're going to make another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think $852 million will get you a sequel. The movie left open a doorway for a Spider-Man connection. They mentioned that Tom Hardy had been had had some type of scandal in New York with a paper called the Daily Globe. Um, both Spider-Man Homecoming which and the Venom are Sony movies, although Spider-Man Homecoming is... A partnership with Marvel, uh, the new Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and Far From Home. But I, I think eventually Sony probably has the idea that they will get Spider-Man in here and make that connection with Venom. As a fan of the character Venom, the movie just—it seemed odd to me that you would. Venom is so steeped in Spider-Man mythology; it just seemed odd that you would have a Venom movie without Spider-Man. Yeah, um, the one thing I'll say about this movie is in the trailer, I was a little nervous about the CGI, um, but they really cleaned it up. Venom looked pretty nice. The There were some issues in the fight scene at the end where it's two symbiotes just smashing into each other, um, and it looks a little weird, but other than that, I mean, visually it looked nice. And it's shot in San Francisco, so there, there's a really cool car chase scene. Yeah, yeah, I thought the Venom character was cool. I liked the look of it. I didn't really like the look of Riot. That looked to me like a Rob Liefeld drawing or something, just all muscle and big and huge. And um, But I liked Venom a lot, the look of it. And yeah, San Francisco's a beautiful city. Uh, I spent some time there, and um, I've got very fond memories of it. So I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it as well. So out of ten, what would you give this movie? I'll give it a five. That's. I, mean, I, I think you're right. Check your brain. I mean, I was harder on the last Jurassic World movie, but I think I, I think about this movie the way you thought about that one, where it's an entertaining popcorn flick. Check your brain at the door, and it's, it can be fun if you if you're willing to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and me were laughing during it, just making fun of it. Yeah, yeah, and as far as the lack of a Spider-Man connection. I thought that that was really going to kill this movie. But now I'm thinking that that strategy might not have been a bad one. Because now you've made Venom a standalone person who's not dependent upon Spider-Man to have, to be his, his own person, his own character. And uh, so I think Sony really, you know, maybe rather than making a mistake, maybe that was a good idea. They separated him from Spider-Man. And so now they've got a standalone character. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see if they incorporate him in Venom 2. Where it's like maybe, you know, Cletus Caxby comes to New York and Venom chases him down and, you know, teams up with Spider-Man a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. I think fans are going to want to see it. And I think it'll be fun to see a team up with the two. But they, I think, as you were saying about the comics, they've kind of separated the two 
as well, but it took him 30 years to do that, you know, I mean, so to start off with Venom separated from Spider-Man and being his own person, uh, that might have been a good strategy. But also, to be fair, this the version of Peter Parker we're seeing in the, in the movies is young. Like, it's yeah. not older Peter who's working at the Daily Bugle, you know, it's yeah. a kid version. Um, yeah, that's true. You're, you're, so, so this version of Peter Parker probably wouldn't have had any reason to run into Eddie Brock. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I'm interested to see. I don't know if they've officially announced Venom 2. I don't think so, but I'll do a quick check for us on the internet. I mean, I think it's just assumed because this movie, uh, you know, while it wasn't critically acclaimed, was obviously very successful financially. I mean, we were talking about Suicide Squad. We're going to get another Suicide Squad movie, even though the first one was a failure critically. Um, but it made made movie. So there is a rumor that there's an untitled Sony Marvel sequel set to release October 2, 2020. Okay. Um, which, if they're incorporating Spider-Man into the Venomverse, um, then that could be it. So I guess we'll see. There'll probably be announcements soon. I just wonder if you can get Tom Hardy again. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you. I don't think you're going to get him for seven million. Um, but I agree with you. He, you know, it's hard to tell when you're watching a movie, especially with an actor of Tom Hardy's character. I mean. I think he he always looks like he's inhabiting the character, but it, I agree with you. It did seem like he very much was enjoying himself in this role. So now this is from Screen Rant. Um, Tom Hardy is officially signed up for three films. Ah, so it sounds like they've locked him down. So I guess we'll have to see when there's going to be an update. Um, so that's kind of it for our big topic this week. Yeah, and what, so you gave it a five as well? Yeah, I'd say five. Um, I think that's even what I gave it in my list of movies I watched for the year. So, Would this movie pass the flip test for you? If you're flipping through channels on watching TV one day and you, you came across Venom, would you stop? <sighs> no, but my problem... See, I'm a hard person to ask that to because... There's so much stuff I want to watch. I'm always just constantly... I don't rewatch a lot of things. Um, I don't read a lot of things. Um, like, I, I'll rewatch Hot Fuzz once a year, but that's... <laughs> and, like, a couple other movies. But I'm always, like... I mean, my Netflix queue is crazy. Yeah, mine is, too. And I never, I never get to everything. It's like the books that I have here in the house. I've got... I will never get to all these books, and yet I still go to Barnes and Noble and buy new books. Yeah. So. so I would say, you know what though? Like if I was at my grandparents and it was on TV, I'd watch. Okay. Like I wouldn't know like, what else is on. Um, but in a world where there's a ton of media, I just don't know if this is what I'd come back to. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, I I I guess the best thing about the movie. I will say, as you said, is, is definitely Tom Hardy. He he definitely inhabited the character. I mean, I believed he was Venom, you know. So, um, one thing that another thing I guess that they did that's different than the comics is in the comics, Eddie Brock is very much a shady character, and he's this huge bodybuilder character. And in this, um, in the movie, 
he's a little bit shady, but he's got a good heart. He's trying to do good things, and he's definitely not a bodybuilder type. They they kind of went more with the everyman type, which I found interesting. Yeah, I mean, I still think he was an asshole. <laughs> right. For what he did to his girlfriend, it was definitely BS. Well, in the way that he, he acts like it wasn't his fault, I was just like, dude, you're the worst. Yeah. But yeah. that brings us to the end of the show, and this is where we have our final geek out, where we get to talk about something. Um, Kurt, you want to start us off? Yeah, so, you know, I really hadn't prepared for this, um, but recently I started watching Agent Carter. On Hulu, and I think this show was five years old. I mean, it, it's been out for a while. Um, I've watched three episodes, and I'm very much enjoying it. And part of it is, is I like period pieces, you know. And this is set after World War II. Um, but Haley Atwell's very good, and it. it's just a very entertaining show, you know. And she's, you know, it's nice to see kind of a female superhero spy type character. Um, one thing that I thought was a positive initially, but is starting to wear a little thin, is the constant talk about Steve Rogers and Captain America. But in general, it's very good, and, and I'm getting into it. And I've also got, um, I, I think there's seven or eight episodes that I've got in my queue. You know, I think it's just the one season. Really. So uh, I think I'll probably, I'm off for two weeks for Christmas break, so hopefully I can narrow down my queues a little bit. Nice. Um, I am going to talk about a book today called This Body. This Body's Not Big Enough for Both of Us, and it's written by Edgar Cantero, who's a writer and cartoonist from Barcelona. Um, this book is kind of a noir kind of uh, comedy book, um, but essentially there is this detective who... Um, the name is A.Z. Kamirin because it is a brother and sister who in utero um, kind of fuse together and they share one body. So there's these two people fighting over control from this one body. This seems appropriate for the Venom review episode. <laughs> yes. But um, it's this fun noir book and it's hilarious and it's crazy. Um, you know, and they make these like you know, sex jokes and they take every trope and just kind of turn it on its head and it's really good. Um, I'd highly recommend it. I read his other book, Meddling Kids, which is a redo of, like, Scooby-Doo, where you see, like, the older versions of the gang. Yeah. Um, so I highly recommend, uh, Meddling Kids if you're a fan of, like, horror. Um, but I'm, I'm about halfway through. This body's not big enough, big enough for the both of us, and it is great. I think a lot of people like it. Yeah, it sounds cool, and, and I'll be honest, the Meddling Kids thing sounds interesting as well. Um, so Blake, my understanding is that you're going to be starting a new podcast. What's that all about? Yeah, so my wife and I are starting a podcast. We're releasing the first episode on January 1st. Um, it's called Married with Books, and we're going to do like a mini book club between the two of us, although we're going to eventually bring on guests. Um, but for the first, every year we'll kind of have a theme. Uh, so this first year we're only going to talk about YA novels. Um, it can be from any genre. So the first book we're doing is called Dread Nation by um, Justina Ireland. And it is a uh, historical horror fiction book about what if during the Civil War the dead rose and how it, like, changed America and um, how it changed um, how, like, people dealt with slavery and stuff. People are so creative, aren't they? I mean, that's an idea that I would never come up with in a million years. And it's so That sounds so cool. Yeah, it's really good. 
Um, but yeah, so we're releasing that on the first. You can find us on iTunes at Married with Books. All right, great. Um, and well, you can find us um, on Instagram, and we're just about done with the Facebook page. I know we've been saying that for a while, uh, but those are at Curtin Blake's Comic Conundrums. And then you can also email us at comicconundrums at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, but other than that, we're recording right before Christmas, so happy holidays, everyone. Yes, happy holidays. Uh, no matter which holidays you uh, celebrate, you might have already celebrated some of your holidays if you celebrate Hanukkah, but uh, happy holidays, everybody. And um, going into the new year, I know we were a little inconsistent this year, but we both, Kurt and I have both been busy with work and other things, um, but we're hoping to get back in a really good schedule in the new year. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and you know, break... I think a lot of this has been my fault. Um, I've been had had a strike at work and so much stuff going on. So uh, I appreciate everyone's patience. No, I've been just as busy, man. But from both of us, everybody have a happy holidays and a happy new year. And we'll talk to you probably. We might do a wrap up episode, or we might just kind of save that because everybody's been doing them and just jump into the new year with the review of Into the Spider Verse or Aquaman. Yes, two movies we're definitely going to be seeing for, for what for me is the break. I don't know how much time you have off, Blake, but I'm going to have time to burn. So, All right, take care. Take care.